0: Welcome to the Agile People FIKA cast. We talk about how to navigate with agility in our organizations. Welcome everyone to uh, the Agile People FIKA. It's the place where we uh, talk about uh, good uh, subjects together. Together with taking a cup of coffee, and if you're doing a proper Fika, you also eat something sweet to your coffee. Uh, Today we will talk about uh, uh, finance and agility. We had a training a couple of weeks ago, and we are still in the learning zone from that training. So Today we will talk about the importance of decoupling, uh, targets, forecasts, and resource allocation. So I see we have some people with us. So Let's hope we will have a good discussion around this. So Ingla, would you like to start to introduce uh, a bit of the learning from why it's important to decouple mm-hmm. this and what's the difference from uh, traditional management models in, uh, in our organizations?
1: Mm-hmm. David, you with your uh, accounting background, you need to support something. (laughs) Uh, But um, really, uh, traditionally, when you work with traditional budget, it has really three different purposes, which you kind of have built into the traditional budget processes. Um, And one is that you uh, have targets for what's going to happen next year. Uh, and doing that target is really uh, what we would like to happen. And then you kind of use the budget as a forecasting. Uh, we also would like to predict what we think will happen. And also inbuilt into uh, the budgets are also resource allocation and how to utilize uh, the resources you have, uh, the capex. Though um, this doesn't really work out well together in many companies uh, because when you do the target setting, it's really what you would like to happen and it should be aligned to the strategy. Uh, and then you have the forecasting, uh, which is really what we think will happen, and that is really just to support the business direction, to support what kind of decisions. Uh, we would like to have. And by, if you do this forecasting um, in a more agile way than traditional budgeting, uh, it will also show that you sometimes have different time horizon, horizons. Uh, you might be a project organization or uh, many times you need to look differently at the time horizon uh, to take the proper decisions. And the third one is uh, really the resource allocation. And uh, people who work uh, in IT companies, uh, they have a tendency to see that their uh, sales often go up in in December because uh, companies or departments have had uh, resources to buy new pieces or hardware or whatever, um, and they want to use it because they are not sure that we'll get it the next uh, in the next year's budget. Mm-hmm. And uh, this resource allocation, I also think this is really uh, hindering us sometimes to do business. Uh, because sometimes during <laughs> uh, a budget year, it might come up new business opportunity, which really um, which craves investments, and then you cannot always do the investments because you don't have this in your budget, and then it can be a bi- missed uh, business opportunity.
0: Hmm. Hmm. And the um... Any thoughts about w- w- when we then have it more measured as one? Uh, what what happens then? Do we have any any uh, insights about that? This must have I mean, I guess
2: question. budgeting is is always tricky anyway. And as Engler just said there. You know you're trying to guess the future really you're trying to prepare for the future and you're trying to ensure that what you know just now is, is sustained you know because you don't want to lose that budget capability over over any year you want to ensure that you know that you 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 kind of keep spending that money somehow just to make sure that, that it gets reimbursed year on year on year but and I think we've talked about this before you're not you're not really preparing for the future in that respect. And, you know, so, and my wife has just been through the budget cycle with her work. She's an accountant. And so it's, you're never, in terms of that goal setting there, you're never really given a holistic view of what those goals are and what you need to budget for. You just know that you need to budget something. And so I guess the past is a reasonable indicator of that, but it's not the full story. I think, you know, you need to take other things into, into um, consideration as well. And and that's never really done well. And so the flip side of that is that once you've got that in motion and it's generally locked down for the, the coming year, then forecasting then becomes a much more, um, I, I guess, um, accurate, prediction because you're not having to predict for the whole year, you're only predicting short cycles. And depending on what your goals are and depending on what projects that you're involved in um, and that you need to resource and and find um, funding for, then it gives you a, a kind of accurate Um, view of that just month on month or period on period and to be able to do that. So your budget then starts to become fairly relevant in a a way because it's not really aligned to your goals, but your, your forecasting is, and then, as you mentioned there, Angela, near the year end, they try, and, they try and align the two and say, oh, actually, you know, we need more money or we need to at least sustain what we've got for next year because we don't know what next year is going to bring. I was like, well, you didn't know what this year was going to bring either. So, mm. you know, it's, um, it's all a bit of a... And I'm sure we, we've all seen this. You don't need to be an accountant or involved in finance to be able to do this. You, we all mm. see it, you know, it's... Uh, mm.
3: It's very visible in every systems that we are (laughs) working in, I think. Uh, But it also has another effect. It's that people are very cautious in the beginning of the year because they don't want to spend the budget too much. So if there's a potential investment in the beginning, people might not jump on it as quickly because it's, uh, I don't know, maybe there are something nicer coming later on Mm -hmm. and maybe we are over the budget. And there's also this... uh, when when how people are rewarded yeah so managers and others are rewarded for because they are fulfilling their budget which Mm -hmm. is also stopping them from taking risks or other things so there are some challenges there also so if you separate them as I think the topic is today right Mm -hmm. if you separate the 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 three from each other they can instead support each other so Mm -hmm. Okay, we have this this forecast, and mm-hmm. we follow that on a whatever. Maybe we follow that on a quarterly basis or something. Whatever it suits for whatever we are doing, and then okay, we can see how does that trajectory follow onto the strategy that we want to have, which we set to uh, for the budget, and then we can okay, no, it doesn't support us. Okay, we need to re. Recalculate the budget because we need to move things around. But it doesn't have to be fixed the whole year. Mm. Uh, maybe there are some parts in the budget that is mm. fixed, uh, such as salaries or or mm. rentals and other things. That yeah, we know those things. They can have a cadence of twelve months. But other things maybe should have mm. a, a, a shorter horizon okay mm-hmm. so right this this these three months we have this budget for these things but now we have a new forecast that, that gave us some other information so we move those money around a little bit so that it fits more and is' better equipped to us reaching yeah. our yeah. target
2: I, I, I wouldn't confuse um not confuse, sorry that's the wrong expression I wouldn't use the the, the phrases budget and forecasting interchangeably they are two very distinct um, things. But I take your point, Martin. It's it's about fluidity, and there's a purpose of having a budget. Um, and I'm going to allow Sophia, um, who's poised here, um, to to explain that. No, I'm not going <laughs> <laughs> to. Sorry, Sophia. I didn't mean to put you on. There. No,
4: no. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I have a question like, uh, because we're mixing that budget and forecast. So, what is the actually a forecast for me is also like you prevent something like what do you think is going to come right? And that could be money and resources and, and what you want to do, and that cost mm-hmm. something and what you gain something on like that. And for me, I think this isn't that kind of budget,
1: no, it right. is. It depends, I I would say, because you have like a forecast uh, on sales, for example, you know how much money it's going to come in. But then if you look at your costs, uh, you have, as uh, Martin mentioned, you have your fixed cost, which is really in the the bottom. And many of these costs are not so, they are kind of fixed, so it's not so easy to adjust them. But then you have a set of variable costs. Uh, which you kind of can move around mm. with, depending on what's happening around in the world. So if your sales go down, you need to address your costs somehow. Mm. Uh, so, so this is just um, what happens I- in traditional companies, is that uh, you have this fixed budget. Uh, and when conditions around you change, and they do all the time But you spend so much time to explain the discrepancy between budget Mm. and actual result. Mm. Uh, And that is really tiring and not very productive because you're really discussing something that happened in the past. Mm. If you address more the the variable cost and adjust them to what's happening around you, you can Mm. become much more flexible. Mm.
2: I guess yeah. I guess it, it becomes different sector-wise as well. So if you think public sector, um, particularly here in the UK, um, so at the be- beginning of the year, then you know whether it's a, a police force or a council or whatever, will be given a pot of money at the be- start of the year, and then it's up to um, that organisation to then budget across the year. They're, they're not going to get any more. Um, pocket of money um, because they're not revenue generators per se. D- don't get me wrong, they can make money um, from different things if they offer services or license fees and, and stuff like this. Th- there's money to be made, but if they didn't, then generally it's that pot of money, and it, therefore it's it's up to them to how well they spend that over the year, and you know, that, and and that's um, and so they would work on that that basis. Well, you know, it, it doesn't make sense. They just say, well, here's a million pounds. You are distributed evenly over twelve months. That's just not going to work because obviously mm. there'll be sort of seasonal or cyclical variation. Um, mm. But you know, it's, it's up to them how they then manage that. And, and, and a good indicator of that is that once you've budgeted, it becomes that benchmark, really, or or a baseline, so that any of that actual costs that come through, you're offsetting it against the, the, the budget that you've allocated. And uh, you know, and if you've factored in the, the variation that's required, then then generally what you spend is is what you've budgeted for. Um and you know, and you're controlling that cost. Mm. I think when you move into um um, maybe private sector or financial services then you know they've also got the revenue factor to come into it as well because that's the nature of their business they generate they don't get the pot of money at the start of the year they they generate revenue mm. across the year and then so budget um, accordingly very similar and and to take Martin's point is that that the why should we do it over a 12 month period? Mm. I mean we, we're no better informed at this point to to say what that budget then looks like because we don't know what projects are going to spring up. We don't know exactly the goals and direction of the organization for this next this this next period. We know that we're continuing. We know that some projects will come up. We know that we'll plan for some projects. We know that some will just you know be sprung up on us. So you know it's it's about being more fluid and more agile in that respect and how we react um mm. to that. Um, mm. Yeah.
4: It's, it's, yeah, I guess the last couple of years have been pretty good proof of just just that the importance of being, being agile in the mindset of of your revenues. As we had, like the, the last couple of years with Ukraine or or, or uh, the, the pandemic. Well, if you have a fixed budget and, and the, the pandemic strikes, I guess well you're kind <laughs> of in a bad nice situation. You're mm. not able to. To 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 at least adjust it
0: accordingly. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and uh, in some cases, uh, also in, in public uh, sector, it's connected to a political decision that could be years old, and it's part mm. of uh, uh, what the party would like to prove that we achieved during our four years that we had the power. Uh, so then they get budget for something that is maybe uh, an idea that is three years old, but you need to do it now because uh, we would like to show that this is done. But then if it's the right thing or not, it's the, it's very ir- irrelevant. And when I met people working in uh, public sector, they are very stressed out about the the politics behind uh driving change in their sectors that's Mm. that's that's a tough dimension it's not that we decide it in the beginning of the year we maybe it maybe it was decided three years ago and we in the last year of our power cycle we need to prove that we did this even though the (laughs) environment has changed
1: But it's also connected with how you take the decision. And, and uh, you know, if you decouple these three things, you should also decouple the mandates. So, so it's, if, it, it's um, uh, if things really change, maybe the, uh, even a governmental body should have the opportunity uh, to really be able to take. Yeah, we decided mm. that, but things have changed now. So now we need to work this.
4: Clear. Mm-hmm.
1: and that has not happened in, in, in many governmental bodies uh, so that is still a challenge mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. i've heard the, about the amazing... uh, i've i've heard about the um, uh, governmental or uh, community initiatives where they try to work more agile with uh, some of the initiatives that they are running i heard Somewhere in Skåne, I think, they have they tried something, uh, one of the communities here in Sweden and also in Åland, one of the islands uh, between Finland and Sweden, where they uh, they work a bit different with uh, different projects and how to, uh, to work in a more agile way, uh, connected to those projects. Uh, with budgets as well, yes. Because I remember uh-huh. my,
4: my mother was working as a physiotherapist like way back, but for a commute, for Lansing, I don't know what that is in English. But the, the, the better they were, like, had better quality and like, would really worked in a really good way. And then she said, okay, now they're going to like give us some better funding for next year, because we have really struggled to have being a good team. And they say now you have been work so good, so next year you get less money. Mm. Mm. And that doesn't motivate like people. Yes. I think it's still a lot like that in, in-
1: yeah. Mm. And that is also what you just mentioned there is really the result uh, why they spend a lot in December. <laughs> <Yeah>. Exactly. <laughs>
2: Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's that's the underlying factor, isn't it? We all know the science of having to provide funds for various resources and projects and stuff like that. But equally, you know, if you're not motivated um, to, to perform, and then as Martin said, alluded to there earlier, is that if you're, you know, your performance review is based on how well you do in the budget, then... You know, it's it's not aligned, mm-hmm. really. You know, and then you start, I guess, creating, you know, these um um bad practices or unethical mm-hmm. practices, and you know, and and people are just not. It's it, it's it's not there for control or mapping performance or, you know, protecting the organization at all. You know, and we we've seen uh, here in the UK a couple of um are. Um, local authorities gone bankrupt, you know, yeah. and um, and that's where it really hits home because a local authority is there to serve the community and serve the people within it. You know, it's um, you know, if a bank or or a private sector company has a bad year and you know goes beyond budget, you know, they're, they're not necessarily a threat of going to bankrupt, you know, but local authorities uh, is a big deal, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. ultimately, then what what do they do the following year? They're not. They're not going to get any more money from the government, and um, you know, get money from what they're they're doing, and then try to extract value over the course of year from some other means. And as I say, it can lead to some unethical practices or, you know, poor behaviors for the community <laughs> you're supposed to be serving. Mm. You know. Um.
0: Mm. Uh- we have some minutes left. Maybe we should turn this around. Do we have any good examples of where companies have uh, decoupled these, these from each other and, or maybe start to re- rethink a bit around budgets. Maybe they are not moving directly into beyond budgeting, but they are maybe experimenting in that direction. And uh, do we have someone that has seen this and would like to share?
2: Yeah, I haven't seen um, so much, uh, um, Daniel. And what I have mm. seen is that during the process is that they've, they're have they doing that faster horse routine where they create the tool that allows them to do the calculation better, you know. Um, mm. But then that's just extracting as opposed to creating value from that, mm. isn't, isn't it? And, and i think what we've talked about previously is that so so how does hr and finance join forces to to help in that process i know that's not beyond budgetings you know um raising for being but you know it is an opportunity you know to to start creating that you know um resource allocations projects goals wow. um really getting that holistic approach um for moving forward because obviously finance can do it on their own and 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 you know budgeting and forecasting is not just purely about finance you know finance are the gatekeeper if you like in terms of okay so for each you know um cost center or or, or direct of control um you know they, they're basically feeding their numbers to finance who's basically collate and sense make them to put into the system and so it's not a finance specific role it's it's a business specific role it's just because mm. we're dealing with numbers it falls into finances um um domain but it's it it should readily be a company-wide mm. i
3: haven't first things had experience but can you that the teacher we talked about uh in norway public sector Yes, where they work with hospitals.
1: Mm. No, they, it's. It, um, is it included
3: in NAV or social no, security? No, it's and, not. No?
1: It, it's uh, like uh, försäkringskassan in Sweden. It's the uh, social security? Social security. Okay. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
3: That is actually a very good example. Yeah, and and I think, as as you said, David, it it connected to people and culture, actually, in HR, because they worked a lot with principles first to set some sort of guideline on the behavior that you were expecting from from all the budget areas. And then you created budget areas based on specific, in in a different way. You didn't put a budget for mobile phones or uh, people and and specific people. You put it on a location, uh, which were, empowered to take on the budget themselves and just work with resource allocation and, and forecasting for their area but it wouldn't work unless they had a shared principle understanding which I assume I don't know were probably in joint venture with people and culture mm-hmm. I hope so at least
1: uh, I'm not sure <laughs> I don't
3: know <laughs> <laughs> should have been
1: But if you are interested to learn, we we have an upcoming. I don't have the date yet, but Bjarte Boksnes, who is uh, he will um, tell he will join us a webinar with agile people. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So follow us on uh, LinkedIn, and uh, we will post it there as soon as possible. He Mm -hmm. he is uh, is great to listen to. Uh, And he is uh, one of the guys who made uh, Beyond Budgeting Concept uh, known around the group.
0: Okay, so uh, with that said, uh, I think it's time to end the FIKA. Uh, So we have an upcoming webinar around this subject where we will learn more from experts. Uh, In the FIKA, we are more elaborating on the knowledge we just have gained. Uh, But I learned more things today and I also uh, got reminded of a couple of things that we had in the training. So uh, thank you very much for a good talk and for joining us today and see you next week. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. (laughs) Bye-bye.